Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, August 22nd, 2023. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Roll Call. Taco Tuesday edition of KRC. We appreciate you waking up with us and listening to our radio show or podcast or however you're coming across us this morning or whatever time of the day you're listening. Have a great day. We appreciate it. Justin Kalen, the best producer in all of radio joins us. We have Nick Roush as well. I'm TJ Walker. Justin, how are you? What's new? What's up? Uh, I'm good. I uh, got a significant amount of sleep last night, so I'm ready to roll here on this Tuesday. Not a whole lot new, however. I don't I don't have anything to report, unfortunately. I, I wish I did. I, I love a good scooter story to start uh, KRC, but yeah, I don't, I don't I don't have anything. I had a boring Monday. Had to go to work. Um, I, we did get the fuses changed in my garage last night because our garage door opener stopped working, and Ooh. so we changed those fuses, and the garage door still not working. So Ooh. that's fun. Yeah, we got to do the whole manual lift and lock type deal. Not good. Do you have a busted spring? No, we think so. Remember a few weeks ago when I said we lost power just in my house? Remember that? Or I mean, just in uh, my room? In my room? The, yeah, and the rest the, of the uh, house was fine. Went, yes. So the breaker box. We're thinking there was like some sort of power surge up into the actual like unit for the garage door. So we think the inside of that's probably fried. So that's our next move. Take that down, look inside of it, make sure everything's kosher with that. And if not, then our landlord's gonna be shelling out some money. Yeah, I'd probably just go to the landlord and be like Call a garage door company over here. We tried. Well, well no, not, it was not for us. It was actually he was actually the one over last night changing the fuses because I told him anything electrical related, I am not touching. That's all you, buddy. So he he actually came and did it. I'm thinking he just probably did it wrong. If we're being honest, mm. 
Wow. I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Well, oh, he definitely does from time to time. And I really particularly hope he is this morning because so he's (laughs) always leaned on his brother. His his older brother's like, I don't know, 16, 15, 16 years older. So he's just got he's a wealth of knowledge. And I actually told my buddy last night, I was like, well, you should just call call your brother. And he goes, I can't count on him my whole life. And then he didn't fix the problem. So tapped him on the shoulder and told him, maybe you do need him your whole life, bud. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like he probably probably does. Well, all right, Scoot's dealing with some garage door issues, yeah. but everything over there mostly all right. That's what we like to hear. Roush, how are you? Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday to you as well. Um, I'm I'm excited for something to happen. Just anything. Would love for anything to happen. I I hit uh I hit a, my my fall camp wall yesterday, TJ, because fall camp's over, and I'm just. Like I, I did the thing where I kept hitting refresh and I kept scrolling and I kept trying to think of creative things to discuss and I'm just I feel like I'm tapped out. So if you got any suggestions on anything to talk about, uh, to write about, just, you know, anything with my job, 502-414-1450, it's the number that Thornton's text on. I'm trying not to be frustrated about it because I was very angry about it yesterday, even though I shouldn't be like actually angry about it, but I, I was, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm. I'm all tapped out. Oh. I even did the thing too, TJ, where I tried going to like our other fan sites to see what they're talking about, but they write like two things a day. So it's, 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 it's like, okay, well, uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm trying. I don't, I just don't know, don't know what else to do here. Roush, it, it, wasn't it Bruce Feldman that wrote about the freaks? Is that Dude, correct? That was a week ago. Yeah, I know. But you should turn around and write an article about the geeks in the SEC. That's a good one. I'm telling That's you. That's a good it's, one. And it has funny. nothing to do with grades. It's just who looks the dorkiest. Yeah. <laughs> Carson Beck, number one. <laughs> well, scoots at it, at it again. Uh, did you take a subtle shot at other UK websites? No, my uh, other on three websites. Oh, other fan yeah. sites. So you're like yeah. a, a look around the SEC sort of deal. Yeah, like we have a couple like good ones that have a large following, but they're so message board driven that. I mean, it's just like two or three things a day and like they're good. Or like our Michigan site's really big, has a big following. And they did like one podcast and turned it into four posts. And it's like, all right, like that. Come on. Like I was looking for some creative ideas, not just like what's the easiest way. I I think the point is everybody's dying for just the the, the goods to get here. And week zero is only just like a tease for the real stuff that's going down next week. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, we're kind of in a limbo right now. We're in a bit of a of a purgatory of college mm-hmm. sports. So it was nice it's to kind of get some some nuggets during the fall camp, during scrimmages. You know, a few here or there, open to 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 fans or media. Fan day, obviously. We, we did have some content then, but right now it's kind of in the the doldrums of the of the summer sports. But it means the real stuff's right around the corner, and we're going to get there sooner than later. We do have stuff to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call, but if you're looking for maybe a more nonsense day or you know, Brad from Bellbrook always has the fun hypotheticals, today may be a good day for it. Taco Tuesday yeah. may be a good day for it on the Thornton's text line. Text on in, 502-414-1450. I re- t- spoke with Elk Run Golf Club yesterday. Oh, Mm-hmm. Good news. And Good news. I hope they they have they've kicked us out of the scramble. No no scramble this year, unfortunately. No, I'm kidding. Just kind of like that was the 
I wouldn't say the first conversation because obviously we've had conversations just to make sure we can book the date, that we can do it, that sort of stuff. But the first like, hey, scramble's coming. What do you need from us? What Here's what we need from you. And let's let's map out a game plan. So it's not too far away. What, just over 10 days uh, from the big exports radio scramble at Elk Run. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're They're making it special for us out there. And I hope a lot of KRC listeners come out and join us and uh, hit the links. See if you can beat the old talent team. That's we're the, we're the big exports radio talent. See if you can beat us. Probably can. Probably won't be too hard. But that was fun. That was probably the uh, the top level of my excitement on on Monday. Just dealing with some of the work stuff from from behind the scenes and making sure we're all going to be set up ready to go on September first. Elk Run. If you want to lock in your spot, there's still time. Big X scramble at yahoo.com. And that nothing's getting that just like that week, next week, I'm going to be buzzing, Roush. Uh, just counting down the days, getting, uh, I've got a fantasy draft on Thursday. We've got the scramble on Friday. And then football's in, Catterday, that Catterday, long weekend. We're going to be pumped up. We're going to be excited. We just got to get there, though. Uh, and in the meantime, we do have some sports. We do have some news to talk about. Did any of you all watch Monday Night Football last night? Uh, negative. Uh, I got a text from Trevor Kelsey at 10, 19 p.m. Chris Rodriguez, <laughs> still fumbling. Yeah, so there was a couple of all fans having a good time at Chris Rodriguez fumbling. That sounded just like Trevor, by the way. Uh, he he did fumble. It was bad fumble, bad place to turn over the ball. Chris Rodriguez has fumbling issues. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But he's averaging over seven yards a carry per uh, per touches in preseason football. Last night, he averaged six yards per carry. I found this pretty interesting, Roush. Uh, I, I forget how many yards he had. He had like 31 yards on you know however many carries would equal out to six yards per carry. Here, I got it right here. Um, he went for 31 yards on five carries, so 6.2 average. You know the right. interesting thing about a 6.2 average for a running back in the NFL? On six carries, it's really like, you know, it, it's not the craziest thing in the world. But let's say, you know, he had 15 carries and he was averaging six yards per run. That's really darn good. Really, really, really good. The crazy thing about Chris Rodriguez, and this is going to hit home for Kentucky fans, to average six yards per carry last night, on his longest run, Roush being eight yards is pretty insane. Like that's pretty impressive. Steady to, Eddie. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Like, hey, you average six yards. Well, maybe he broke a big thirty-one yarder or something, and that. Well, he only had thirty-one yards, so that would really, really skew the average there. But like, you know, maybe he just had one big run, and that's why his average is what it is. No, his longest run was eight yards, just two yards above his average, which means like probably his. And I don't, you know. It, Probably means he's just getting nearly a half of a first down anytime he's touching the ball in the NFL as a rookie. Late, late, late draft pick. He did get drafted, right? I'm saying that. I'm yeah, scratching, scratching my head, but I'm pretty sure he's a late, like six rounder or something. Uh, I think he was fourth or fifth, but yeah, because Carrington was six and he was later. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, pretty impressive though, and the fumble not good and. The issue with Chris, and like you could say, he's going to figure that stuff out. He'll get better at it. He he may. You were right. It was round six, but wow, yeah. well, look at that, TJ. Right again. Uh, he like it's 
he'll be all right. He'll be okay. But I'm also not going to be like, he'll figure this stuff out. Fumbling's an issue for him. It may always be an issue for him. You're going to get a really tough runner that's going to be able to pick up the tough yards and just absolutely bulldoze over people. But he's going to be liable to cough that bad boy up, Roush, until you know he goes a season without doing it or something like that. There's nothing else you can really say about it. He is a fumbler. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to – he had some bad issues that got him in the doghouse uh, back in 2019 before he finally got out of it with Lynn Bowden. Um, can you I, – I, were they one-offs whenever he would have those problems, or was it like – because I feel like in recent years it would it would come up every once in a while, but like it wasn't just uh we I mean we can't give the ball to Chris anymore. It's like no, we, you just kept feeding him and you had to live with it if it happened. So I makes yourself a valuable player, and you know there's Brett Favre at times as a quarterback. There's been other quarterbacks that have done that. There's been players in basketball where it's like you're just gonna have to live with the turnovers, but there's a reason they're in the position that they're in. It's because when they're not turning the ball over, it means you're, they're usually doing pretty good things. Uh, maybe it's a testament to Chris Rodriguez. Uh, again, it's too early in his NFL career. Running backs in the NFL already have the deck stacked against them for the most part. Um, it, it, it could get him fired. It could get him out of the league if he does. It, you know, if it gets really bad. But I do think it's – I think the, the rap sheet on Chris Rodriguez is this dude's going to turn the ball over. But if he doesn't, he's as – efficient of a running back as as maybe you're going to find in the NFL as his career progresses. And again, if you're Chris Rodriguez, you're doing everything you can to try to hold on to that ball, but that's not anything different, Roush, than what he's been doing the last few years at UK because this is this is not a new problem for him. Um, but I'm rooting for the guy. I think he's got as good as a chance to end up being the starter in Washington as just about anybody else. That, uh, you know, what, Gibson? Yeah, I mean, Brian Robinson Jr., didn't they waste the – first or second round pick on him yeah but chris rodriguez has been putting up significantly better numbers yeah i mean i'm just hoping he makes the team like that make the team then things happen um and yeah. hey he seems to be doing checking all the right boxes um to at least put himself in that rotation i i just love seeing some of these names of people that are playing um did not know jake Fromm was still in the nfl so good jake for from him state from yep yeah and they let sam howe play a lot He's going to be their starter. He was 19 to 25, 188 yards and two touchdowns. He's going to be their starter starter? Yeah. Like the NFL season is starting. It's a real meaningful game. And Sam Howell is under center for the Washington Red Commanders. Yeah, it's either him or Jacoby Brissett. I think they're going with Sam Howell. Yeah, they announced that. Yeah. Well, gosh, your other option. I guess I didn't realize how bad the Commanders quarterback room was. Well, congrats. Boy, that's a tough look for Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you know what? They got to be, you know, the commanders are going to be good because how many teams can end the Ravens? What was it? 25 game preseason win streak. Commanders win by one. 2,907 days since the Ravens had lost a preseason football game. And that record is dead. Dun, dun, dun. Pretty wild. 2015. Lamar Jackson wasn't even the starter at UofL when that. Uh, began. He, I'm pretty sure that's when I watched, went to a UVL practice, and I was like, man, this backup Petrino's got, he's, he looks like a pretty good athlete. Um, that's how long ago it was. It, it was uh, 24 straight games. Joey Slot kicked the 49 yard field goal that uh, 
that did the Ravens in. Yeah, that's kind of odd. Like, you know, if I did hear people talking about that, but I feel like that maybe should have gotten more national attention. That like, hey, Ravens preseason games, kind of must-see TV because they've got this wild streak that's probably never going to be replicated again in the NFL. And then to lose it on a, in a meaningless game, mind you, they're all meaningless, it's a meaningless streak at the end of the day, but to lose it on a field goal with nine seconds left, 14 seconds left, that's uh, that's a, a, I bet Ravens fans were like mildly bummed. Like in the smallest little sense of their mm. emotions, we're probably like, oh man, that was kind of fun. And it's not comparable to the UK three point streak. That was actually a serious. I was, serious I was, day. that that was my question was, what's it's, more no, serious? Much more serious, the three point streak, because those are, that's a streak in meaningful games. You want three pointers in real basketball games. You, you want preseason wins. It's better than losing, but it's, it's, completely and totally meaningless to the grand scheme of things making three pointers in games is not meaningless going a game without hitting a three pointer which is inexcusable that it's happened in the calipari era at uk people get mad at calipari for this that or the other losing to st peter's stuff like that you know where the real angst should be is with losing the three point streak that Roush, we're going to talk about this. I wrote this down for today about how that person's Twitter account, and you get one of these usually once a year, maybe twice a year, your unpopular UK opinion. And Justin Rowland set the internet on fire with his unpopular UK opinion. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I did see some people being like, I was happy the three-point streak ended. What? Why? Why would you be happy about that? Why would you want UK not to score more points in a basketball game? Makes zero, zero sense. That was a serious, serious, uh, egregious offense by John Calipari to to let that shriek go poof. And we had warning signs, too. We knew it was coming. They were shooting Before, really, really badly. Well, and oddly, wasn't that the game they won by like 25, too? And they let it come to an end? Or, was that, or am I just getting Hamadou Diallo scoring 25 points conflated? I thought it was the uh, the first round oh, game. The game before Buffalo. Yeah, you're right. It was. And I can't. With Davidson, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, With Kellen Grady. Yeah. They didn't make a three. and they still, But they still won comfortably, correct? Yeah, it was like a buffer zone game. Like an eight-point, six-point game where it was like, we're happy with UK playing just despite them not shooting the ball outside, but you were like, if Davidson gets hot, because everything everybody talked about their their scores and their shooters. And so like you were a little nervous in the second half, but Kentucky was in control. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a closer game than it should have been. Gosh, I'm, I'm I'm getting mad at myself. I'm starting to have some of these games run together. Who did Kentucky beat in the second round in 2019? To get a, to the Sweet 16 game against Houston. It was another mid-major. It was uh, Wofford, Terriers. Wofford, storm, thank you. Storm, thank not thank Storm you. Duck, Storm. Murphy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gosh. Because, yeah, what, yeah, yep. Brain always works better as the day goes on. You guys are just unfortunate enough to get us in the morning. But, uh, <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk unpopular UK opinions. Maybe I'm excited for those because some of them are uh, wild. Scoots is going to maybe share an unpopular IU opinion or two, which could just be anything, which is the beauty of Scoots. <laughs> you just really never know where he would take something like that. I could see Scoots being like, unpopular opinion, drop the football program. It's an embarrassing. I don't care about the money aspect. Just get rid of it. Hey, I'm not against that. <laughs> you should be against that, Scoots. <laughs> IU needs to be playing football as well. I think yesterday was the first day of classes at IU. Nice. 
I mean, it was for U of L, so yeah, makes sense. In UK and Kentucky, I guess that all colleges. Uh, IU, very pretty campus. I don't say too many nice things. Wow, about that's they, huge. They do, have, they do have a they do have a pretty campus. That is huge. Very mature of you, TJ. Uh, just just facts are facts. That's uh, it. Bubba's Burgers is really good. Uh, yeah. It's. I Wait, mean, it's that... it's not one of the best restaurants in Bloomington, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of another. Actually, place. I just found out recently that my favorite restaurant that I went to in college all the time, and it wasn't cheap. It was like my splurge, treat yourself type of restaurant. No longer there, so that made me a little bit sad. I'm thinking of Bubs. Is that different than Bubba's? Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah, Bubs Burgers. I, I knew what you meant. You're thinking what of. Isn't... Isn't Bubba's a place? Bubba's 33, yeah, but there's not one in Bloomington. I knew what you meant. Gotcha. Uh, Bubba's Bubs is great. That is. The, uh, the, the, the best place, though, is the one with the cheese sticks, and I can't think of the name now. Kilroy's? Kilroy's? Oh, yeah. No. I've never been. I've actually never been to Kilroy's. If I feel like Kilroy's is one of those places that if I went back to now, I'd be like, this is trash. Why do I ever come here? I, I just imagine walking in the front door, and you got like that gross alcohol college smell. Hmm. Yeah, no. I can smell it. Yeah, exactly. Our our freshman fraternity party basement um, (laughs) on Bobolink in Lexington. I I know the smell well. Uh, You're right. And you walk into like a bar early on a Saturday or Sunday morning and you can still kind of sometimes get a whiff of of that smell. It really takes it really takes you back. But uh, you never, never, never went to Kilroy's. Speaking of Trevor. Unsurprisingly, he liked that IU recreated the watch shop. Oh, did he? Oh, I was I was course. listening yesterday. I never did get to that part though. That's hilarious. He what was his was, reasoning? Gosh, by the way, with school being back, like going and and picking up my daughter. She her school is like three minutes from our house, five minutes from our house. But there's a middle school or maybe an elementary school along the way. And they just block up all of LaGrange Road, like both ways. So cars will just drive in the long, wrong lane to get around their side of the traffic and then cut over where, like, you know, the cars are turning into or there's just kind of this middle ground. And then they'll go on the right side of the road that they're supposed to be on. And then, you know, they're out of the traffic. But it's super dangerous because you have people doing that on both sides where, like, if you meet in the middle, there's nowhere else for anybody to go. It's total chaos. But it seemed like JCPS had a more successful day yesterday. I think the last kid was dropped off at, at 758. But anyways, this this new traffic pattern is horrible. They've got to get it figured out. They've got to do something about it. Um, Bowen Elementary School. Figure it out. Get it together. That being said, it allows me more time sometimes to listen to Trevor and Mike. So there is a positive to that. And yeah, Trevor was just like, the only reason I say that I like it is because it it triggers Kentucky fans so badly. And I just want, you know, it's probably be better for a personal conversation with Trevor. But no, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Like, what triggers us is how the lack of IU self-awareness of how embarrassing it is. We're trying to be a good neighbor and tell them to just like, hey, this is this is kind of embarrassing. But Yeah, but when have you all ever been a good neighbor? This, we're always a good neighbor. Yeah, we're, right. We're, who, this who, is, pay, who pays for Thunder over Louisville? It's a who rivalry. Pays for over, who, pays for th- who pays for Thunder over Louisville? <laughs> who pays for the bridge? Who pays for the bridge? Who, who set up all the stupid tolls? <laughs> Damn it. Who gives you countless oh. dollars in sports gambling money because we took so long to do it? Yep. Who who <laughs> did the walking bridge and whose side was like, eh, I don't know if we're going to be done in time? Who did that? But who who did the right side of the walking bridge? 
and we didn't give you anything. We don't check IDs before you get on the Bell Louisville. We don't care if you're a Hoosier. You're allowed to get on. All the same. And we could have claimed the Falls of the Ohio, but we gave it to you just because we figured we would. So are we good neighbors? You want to take that back? <laughs> I I was not expecting all that. I don't really have anything to say to that. But I, I, at the same time, though, yeah, I mean, it's a rivalry, so... I don't know. In terms of sports, I don't feel like you've been good neighbors over the years. Well, we're trying to be here, and we're trying to tell you that everybody in the world's making fun of you, including Mike Rutherford and U of L fans. And you probably just need to cut the crap. I, but it doesn't like or don't, or don't. I, you know, I, I still kind of get a kick out of it. Like well, it's just fun to see a team, like because it, it is just such a twilight zone world where it's like, does I you think that that was like the national championship game? Do they not understand what happened just a few months later? But there is a fun aspect to it. But I did find it interesting that Trevor is like, I like it because it bugs UK fans. But then like two sentences later, he was like, it's it's kind of similar to how UK fans still talk about Lamar fumbles. He beat their ass the next year. He won the Heisman. He's an NFL successful quarterback. And it's really embarrassing that they bring up that game. And I was like, oh. So it, maybe we just bring it up because it bothers you so much. In which case, Trevor would be like, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't. It's just, you know, he'd do the exact same thing. The only difference is Louisville didn't beat UK in a bowl game two months later, three yeah, weeks later. Yeah. Uh, that was it. That's all they played. And the way that it ended that season, Lamar did win the Heisman. He had an unreal year. He was incredibly fun to watch. But he fumbled, and it cost L the game as 28-point favorites to their biggest rival, ending uh, a little losing streak the Cats had going on. And since then, with the exception of the following year, it's been nothing but Kentucky in the series. They're completely – it's apples and oranges as apples and oranges get, Roush. <sighs> Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Yeah, and also, um, like, the Lamar Jackson loss ruined their season. I mean, they were already out of the playoff picture by the loss to Houston, but they were going to go to a New Year's Six game until they blew the game as a 27-and-a-half-point favorite. The largest upset in, for spread in college football history to that point, if I'm not mistaken, TJ. I think it's since been surpassed. But, yeah, it was a huge upset. Huge, huge upset. One that Kentucky fans are not going to forget. Uh, Indiana was, what, a top five, top ten team most of the year. They won a game on a buzzer beater at home. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit different. Indiana has how many national championships? It's just there's there's, there's a lot to uh, pick apart at that. Uh, but that that that's why it's it's more embarrassing. Not it's the two aspects you mentioned. Uh, their season ended at the hands of Kentucky, and also like our, you should be a more proud program. You just you should be better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. It's sad, but you know what? That's just the existence that Scoots lives every day. And that's why he enjoys waking up with Kentucky Roll Call every morning. It's a great <laughs> reminder that you don't have to be like the Hoosiers, Scoots. You don't have to. I guess. I guess so. And he doesn't And he doesn't start a morning Kentucky Roll Call without his Thornton's coffee. Scoots, tell everybody about that delicious cup of wake-up. Yeah, I'm not a big coffee guy, but I know. No, I know. A good, I know. Scoots, a good, Scoots, hey, come hey, on. it's part of the read. It's part of the read. Settle part down. Read. Come on. Settle Ta- tell down. Tell us how much you love, you love I, coffee. Coffee, Thornton. I have a way to 
to spin this. So I'm not a big coffee guy, but I know somebody who is, and that is Mr. Nick Roush. And he will tell you that it is the best coffee <laughs> in every gas station in the country. You could find that at Thornton's. You, they got all the all the ad- additions that you need, the sugar, the creams. They have all that. So make sure you hit up Thornton's for your coffee needs. Also, their breakfast sandwiches, lunch sandwiches, anything they got at Thornton's. Delicious. Guys, I actually got a spicy chicken biscuit yesterday morning. I, that's m- my new guilty pleasure. I'm, like, addicted to those things. And I take one, and I bring it to the hotel, and they had not put up breakfast yet, despite me being late to work yesterday. We got a whole bowl of bacon. So I took some bacon, put it on that extra spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Out of this Man, world I bet good. that slapped. Out yeah, of this good. world good. Scooty went to food heaven. That's for a right. Bit. Absolutely. I, th- I really thought you were going to just instantly throw it to Roush to talk about the coffee. <laughs> I would have I really cracked up if you were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got a spin zone here. And then it was just you just being like, Roush is going to tell you all about Thornton's coffee. Uh, but Roush actually is a, a Thornton's frequenter for oh, the yeah. morning coffee. Um, but they've got it all at Thornton's, like Scoot said. And their spicy chicken biscuits or sandwiches in the afternoon, just make sure you don't get disgusting pickles on it in the afternoon, is really, really good. And it's got I, a I, I, I appreciate, too, that I don't know how I don't know how the targeted ads work for my podcast, but Frank from Thornton's is talking to me seven <laughs> times a day, just in the middle of whatever I'm listening to. It's working, hey, baby. Frank uh, here from neighborhood Thornton's. He likes spicy chicken sandwiches, right? We're gonna Talk get into in. we're gonna get into the Thornton's text line. We're gonna get into unpopular UK opinions, and there's a few hit, quick hitters that we should talk about from the world of sports from your Monday and heading on into your Tuesday. We appreciate you starting your morning with us. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Expert Radio. I used to excuse me, but neither one cared. We were getting our share, working on our nightmares, trying to lose. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call on your Tuesday morning. To the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. A texter on the Thornton's text line, Kirby, says, Scoots, you know how many Southern Indi- and Indianans, Indianans, yeah, we'll go with that, claim they are from Louisville. Have you ever heard of a Louisvillian claiming they're from New Albany? You don't see us making a stink. Speaking of stink, have you been to Southern Indiana lately, boys? Whew. Have a great day. That smell. He says he was kidding. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was not. You, you all are just blessed with the big city. So if people are unfamiliar with Southern Indiana, that's kind of what we have to go to. But that's a good point, Kirby. Nobody, nobody ever says they're from New Albany. You're right. Where did you say you were from growing up? Um, so no, I would always say Palmyra, and then everybody would always be like, "Where?" And I'd have to be like, oh, it's about 20 minutes north of, or do you, I would always be like, do you know where New Albany is? And they'd be like, yeah, well, close to New Albany. And then if somebody didn't know where New Albany was, I'd, I'd be like, oh, about 30 minutes north of Louisville, Kentucky. So that that's how that went. Another gift from Kentucky allowing you to claim home from there. I just <sighs> made, made people 
I don't know, be with me on like where I'm actually from. It it just helped help describe. It was a good descriptor using Louisville. So wow. admittedly no, I did that a time or two. That does that does make total sense, Scoots. We we won't we won't hold that one. We won't hold that one against against you. But a lot of people, Roush, really mad at Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated for saying his unpopular unpopular, and it was unpopular. His unpopular UK opinion was that John Wall was overrated. Thank God. Give the heat to another Justin. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good, Scoots. That's pretty good. Yeah. The thing is, is I can it, it it's similar to when I had that Tower Ulysses is overrated take. Like it's just it's just going uh, mine was even funnier. Mine was uh people only like Tower Ulysses because he was short, uh, which was <laughs> just very it's very bad take. Uh, that was your unpopular. You at, that was your unpopular. Yeah, opinion. yeah. I got I got roasted for it. This this was years ago. I've since grown up. I've matured. I've realized the error in my ways. Uh, but like, yeah, Justin's just wrong because even when you look at it statistically, John Wall was really freaking good. Um, not just wow, look at these awesome highlights he did. He can go behind the back and dunk, and he can throw these awesome passes. It's like, no, he averaged almost seventeen points a game, six and a half assists. Uh, two steals and three and a half boards. Like, yeah, he was awesome. He was really, really good. Yeah, I guess I didn't see all of Justin's takes, but he says Kentucky should play Indiana every year. And he's glad the three-point streak ended. I mean, those are horrible takes. But you know what? They ask for un or opinions that are going to get people coming after you. Uh, those are three opinions that are going to get people coming after you. That twenty, I don't think John Wall is Calipari's best college point guard that he's had. And I, if you want like a hot take, you could make a case maybe he's not even in the top three. Although I, I don't think I would do that. I, I think I would have him. Well, if you did all of Calipari point guards, though, you got to have Derrick Rose there, and then I don't know, John Wall, Brandon Knight, Shea, Aaron Fox. Tyler Ulis. Tyler Ulis. There's been there's been a lot of good ones. I still think I'd probably have John Wall in in the top three. Um, but that team was very freshman heavy. The only sense of experience, like real experience, that you got was Patrick Patterson, Perry Stevenson, and like Ramon Harris. They could provide some experience, but you didn't want those guys playing a lot. And no disrespect to those guys, but you just didn't want those guys playing a lot. And then Darius Miller was a sophomore. DeAndre Liggins was a sophomore, but sophomores that had gotten playing time, but, you know, Calipari, new system. It was a young team, and they just dominated from the get-go, Roush. Like, they were really yeah, good yeah. from day one. Yeah, they kind of struggled, but they still found ways to win, even in some of the struggles. And then and they, they only lost two it. games in the regular season. Or, no, yeah. one game in the regular season. That's so, insane to do going into you got three freshman starters. Like, yeah, that's really impressive. So, uh, John Wall, not overrated. Although I do think you can make a case maybe he wasn't Calipari's best point guard. Um, yeah, if you want to do that, but yeah, saying he's overrated, like he, the cool factor with him, the sleeve with two sides, like the, John Wall was just so awesome. So, oh, and what, he, awesome. what he what he did off the court probably bigger than what he actually even did on the court, and on the court. Yeah, he's in the conversation for one of the best point guards in Kentucky basketball history. But off the court, it was like, hey, Kentucky's back. They're cool. And since then, I mean, really since then, you've got people growing up wanting to – that have never been to Kentucky, but wanting to play for U.K. basketball because of the quote-unquote cool factor. And even if they don't 
now remember John Wall, which makes everybody feel old. We're all on the same page there. Or they didn't truly grow up watching John Wall. His legacy of other star players, players with a ton of hype, has lived on at Kentucky. Uh, so many other players in a similar position to John Wall have come through, and it's really just been huge for recruiting efforts moving forward. Kentucky should always be able to recruit well. Should all, It doesn't matter who the head coach is. Even the coach after Calipari, I mean, Billy Gillespie was able to get a five-star. Like recruiting, Kentucky should recruit itself to a certain extent, but landing John Wall was was the sign that, like, for, if you're if you're a great freshman, if you're a five-star freshman and we want you, you're going to want us, and this is why. And that was the John Wall experiment. So disagree there, but maybe we have some of our own unpopular opinions when it comes to U.K. sports. My favorite uh, unpopular opinion, um, it's not mine, it's Adam Luckett's, and I've become a believer in it, is that how Mummy did more damage than good for Kentucky football. Um, and it's not... Ooh, yeah, I like it's, it. It's, it's, a spi- it's very spicy, um, but yes, he, he is the only reason Tim Couch stayed in Lexington. He salvaged that situation and made for one of the most entertaining runs. You know, they're four or five, you know, it's probably like a four year run getting Jared and kind of hanging on to that for a little bit. But yes, that was fun. But it, it convinced every Kentucky football fan that you needed to win with a gimmick. And turns out that's not the case. So uh, really, I think our, our brains just got warped to how we needed to be successful in this sport. And it was all because how mummy came in and played basketball on grass with Tim couch. And, uh, you know, it was fun and it worked for a little bit, uh, but Mike Leach deserves a lot of credit for that because he's really the only one who's been able to do it. Uh, is it was, was able to do it on a consistent basis using that air raid offense. That's fascinating. And, allows me to think of stuff I never really thought of. And it, it it really comes back full circle in my little dumb brain of mine because I used to be that way. I mean, really before Stoops got rocking and rolling. Yeah. And I think part of the sell with Stoops was, Hey, we're bringing in Stoops. He really wanted this job. We like his vision. He comes from good pedigree. He had some of the best defenses in college football at Florida state and he's hungry and he wants to be here. We're going to get him in here, but this isn't really the style that we thought. So we're gonna get Neil Brown to come in too, and boom! <laughs> like you, you get, we're we're getting everything we wanted. We're getting a coach that wants to be here that we like, but it's not really the style that we think is gonna win at Kentucky. So we'll bring in the OC that that will do that. And then obviously things with Neil Brown were okay, but the talent was so depleted. It was kind of a tough sample size early in the Stoops era to see if he actually had anything going or not going. And then he left to go be the head coach of Troy, and then eventually over to. Obviously, West Virginia, where he's really skating on thin ice heading in to this season. And after that, it was, I think Stoops kind of like had a little grin on his face. It, it almost seemed by design when you think about it that like they told Stoops, we know that you've got your own style. You're the head coach. You've got control over this thing, but we need to kind of appease some of the donors, some of the fans. So we're going to try to bring in an air raid. We'll bring back the siren to Commonwealth Stadium for people yeah. that remember that back in 13 and 14. And I think Stoops probably thought, like, well, he's not going to be here forever. And when he's not here, then we can kind of start to do things the way that we want to do them. And I was shocked to see that work, Roush, that, like, to beat the Alabamas and the Georgias, which Stoops and Kentucky haven't beaten. So, But, like, to, to beat the big boys in the SEC, you, you got to beat them at their own game. 
You don't need to be gimmicky. You don't need to be, you don't need to try to do funzy stuff. You need to get tough in the trenches and punch people in the mouth. And when you get punched in the mouth, you need to get up faster than they get up. And that's what Stoops did. And he had a vision for that. And Roush, after hearing you kind of say the how mummy take that you've got, that you and Luckett both have, maybe Kentucky football would be a lot further along if we had that mindset a while back. And and Rich Brooks ran a pro style offense. It wasn't, you know, gimmicky air raid stuff. Right, but he had right. some good defense, a lot of running. Good defensive mm-hmm. lines and he had some decent offensive lines, but didn't never really control the trenches like Stoops has been able to do at UK. So spot on opinion. I'm I'm in on that. The um the thing too with Stoops and Brown, I don't I don't think he like it was foisted upon him where he had to hire Neil Brown or else. I think there was a little bit of okay, this is the guy they obviously like here. There's some hometown connections. And the air raid worked with Bob when he hired Mike Leach. Like, he knows that it's like, all right, well, if Bob didn't, it worked, then I can at least give it a try. Um, when he knew that it was – when he, he tried to stick with it and got Dawson, it was like, yeah, I was right about this air raid crap. Like, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> so – and that's when he turned to his old friend Eddie Grant and got to doing things uh, the kind of hard-nosed way all around running the damn ball, and the personnel matched what they had. Uh, Benny Snell ended up being a diamond in the rough. They were able to utilize Boom Williams there uh, in 2016. So it all ended up working out. But uh, that was a uh, that was either a road – I think that was a road trip take that I first learned from Luckett. And it's like one of those you you peel back the layers and you're like, yeah, there, there really is something to this. Uh, there, there really is. So uh, – yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, do, do you have an uh, unpopular opinion, TJ, that you want to exhale? I'm trying to think of a few others because most of my unpopular opinions aren't aren't all that crazy. Because either because most of the time they've been proven correct in hindsight. Like, um, oh, the 2018 team wasn't going to work because they it was their best players all were small forwards that did the same thing, weren't very good. Severe Wheeler stinks. Like, yeah, um, that that wow. that was true. I wouldn't say that like Shea Gilgis Alexander was a small forward in 2018. Right. But you know, Vanderbilt, Knox, um, like PJ, like it was all, all three, four players that were probably probably not enough shooters on that team. Right. uh, Right. When it was all said and done, but they still probably underachieved with the talent that they had. Unfortunately, Uh, my, my I used to always say this back in the day and they get people all fired up and I don't think it really holds the same punch that it used to, but Similar to like a just the Justin Rowland take, I always thought Patrick Patterson was like wildly overrated as a UK great, mind you. Like, and, and I think part of it was just timing. You know, he he committed to Gillespie. He hung around when Cal came, and people appreciated that. He also seemed really likable. You know, people around campus liked him. He seemed friendly enough. He was engaging and stuff like that. So I think maybe off the court and situational made him more beloved than actually on the court, but he was never UK's best player. I I know. I think he won sec freshman of the year, but like Jody, it was Jody Meeks teams when Patrick Patterson was there. And then he was a great complimentary player on that 2010 team, but like he should have been probably fourth in line for touches and shots and to get the ball. And I think probably he was, and I think he was probably pretty cool with that. All things considered. So like good kid, good guy, Good teammate, good ambassador of the university. But when talking about all-time greats, Patrick Patterson shouldn't 
really be considered, in my opinion. And that used to rub people really the wrong way, but I think Kentucky's gotten so many other really, really good players that you it's not as hot as the take as it used to be. And then I didn't say this at the time, but in retrospect, I had this take. But I think UK losing to Vandy in 2012 in the SEC tournament was a really good thing for that team. Uh, they they kind of got pushed around a little bit by Festus Azili. They got a little bully balled to them. And then look at their tournament run. Like Iowa State tried to do something very similar with Royce White in that second round game. IU was not necessarily a bully team, but I, I think that loss kind of helped reset them and get them remotivated for that Sweet 16 game. Baylor tried to kind of push them around a little bit. They were physical. Who was that? I think Anthony Davis landed on his back in that Elite Eight game in Atlanta in 2012. And it was like, oh, no, please don't be hurt. Um, but Baylor tried to be physical with them. And then you had the Louisville Final Four game. I just think losing in 2012 in New Orleans, SEC championship game, I really do think it just reset them for their national title run. And that brings you back to some other, like, 96 Roush. And it brings you to 2015, should they have dropped a game somewhere along the way heading into the season? I am a big believer that losses – I never want a loss. I never think you should go out and set and, and shoot for a loss. But I do think losses can be really beneficial before a March run. I think they can reset teams. I think they can get their focus right. Uh, I think if you, I think you can use a loss the right way to propel a national championship run. I think that did that happened in 2012. So I don't know if those are unpopular. I don't know if those are near, not nearly as hot takey as some other people's. But those are two that come to mind that I've had for years. Uh, I have one more, and that's um, Columbia, Missouri is a nice college town. Yeah, that's nice. just, that's just a bad take. Yeah, it's you people aren't going to like it, but I've I've never had a bad time in Columbia, Missouri. Um, Not even the best also helps Columbia that, in the SEC. It also helps that Kentucky wins there. Um, but like the the arena there is nice. If you ever want to go to a basketball game, they they did it up big, um, and the the stadium they recently redid that as well. So yeah, Columbia, Missouri, underrated SEC town. Should go visit it. Pretty nice. Uh, I'll I'll throw out another one because this is relevant. I'm going to tweet it out right now. But uh, our buddy at KSR, Daniel Hager, his he, he's tweeting out highlights from oh. previous Calipari season. A <laughs> lot of fun. The he tweeted out yesterday, ten hours ago, during uh -huh. a Kentucky Mississippi State 2011 SEC game. He tweeted out this angle, this overhead angle that ESPN used. And I had totally yeah. forgotten about this. It is a it, great angle. I loved it. <laughs> all all the memories too. came flooding back to my brain. I love this angle. And I loved it the, too, man. Maybe at the time, maybe at the time I maybe complained about it. I'm pretty sure I would have been at this game. So I don't know if I would have been watching live. But I like I, I like weird angles. Have fun with it. But just show the game. Like, make sure you can see the game. And this overhead angle, Roush, they did this. I remember they did it because they were like, well, this is a, the way most people play in 2K. Maybe they'll mm -hmm. like it watching their own game. I actually well, liked it. As like an X and O guy, I thought it was cool. Uh, so here's the thing. It looked good, but they tried to do an entire game like that. Or it was just one of those things where it wasn't. They didn't use it as much as a changeup. But because like. The thing is, the play that Daniel tweeted out, uh, what's his handle? Is it at Daniel Hager KSR? Uh, but in that one play, it's perfect because you see the how-low action develop. You see a great pass from Terrence Jones to Anthony mm -hmm. Davis. Like It's the perfect time to use that. Um, 
but I, I think they just did it far too often was the problem. Um, that, that's why it didn't work because they made it more of an all the time thing instead of a some of the time thing. A texter on the Thornton text line. We're doing this a little differently today, kind of jumping around. John Wall overrated, Patterson overrated, and now Columbia is a nice college town. What's gotten into you all idiots? Is someone holding you all hostage? Jesus. Yep, well, um, it's that well, time of the year, man. We're desperate for off, football. We start saying some crazy things. We don't think John Wall's overrated. We were that just is, relaying yeah. uh, a Justin Rowland take that got a lot of people more triggered than it ever should have. Patterson is overrated as an all-time UK great, although seemed like a nice guy. And yeah, the Columbia College town, that what it has gotten into us. That is that yeah, I, I agree with you there, Texter. Maybe Roush hey, is being held hostage. Don't don't knock it till you try it. Don't knock I, it till you try it. I will say though, like on road trips, vacations, weekend getaways, if you're going to watch your team, winning or losing can just change your memory of a trip. In, in ways that probably shouldn't be a reality. Oh, yeah. Like, my dad's going to think Gainesville's great because the one <laughs> time he's ever been there, Kentucky beat Florida. But Gainesville is objectively an awful college town. Like, it's it's not – it's humid, it's sticky. There's not a lot of great – like, you, there's a couple establishments that are within walking distance of the stadium, but, like, it's not a great bar scene setup. Like, Gainesville just sucks. Uh, hard to get to. Yeah, Gainesville, not great. Let's see. But – he got to watch a Kentucky beat Florida there. And when you've seen years and years and you had to deal with that losing, like, uh, that that that's tough to get it on the other end. It's, it's great. Uh, I was there for the walk-off of Missouri win. So, like, you know, my that's one of the most fun games. It's going to be hard to top that yeah. game ever. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially to be on the field and stuff. That, I, I, I hear you on that. I'm trying to think if I think any SEC towns are over or underrated. Uh, I think Knoxville gets a bad rap, but I, I think it's – it somewhat sucks. similar to like a Lexington, and I think it's very pretty. Uh, I hate how uh, small all of the establishments are there. Like that's everything true. there is the same smallish size. And when I mean small, like paddock or other bar size, maybe a little bit larger than that. There's like one establishment that's large. The rest are all tiny. It's crowded, hard to get around, and like everybody there is wearing orange. So you know, gross. Well, it's the worst color. That's something that everybody would, would agree on. I actually thought Athens was a little overrated as a college town. But some of that's expectations too, Roush. Like, everybody yeah. talks up Athens. So, like, when I got there, I just figured it was going to be the bee's knees. But And it was nice, and it was pretty, and, like, you, I got the appeal of it. But, eh, give me old Lexington over Athens. Uh, give me a lot of other places over Athens. Oxford lived up to the hype. I think like a, 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 a cool, unpopular opinion that people have is that like the Grove is overrated or Oxford's overrated. Yeah, that, that's a very hip thing to do. Yeah, like I'm too cool for the Grove. I'd um, never want to live there after college, but like to spend four years at that place. Yeah, they've 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 got the college experience. I think figured out down there. Yeah, and I A and M too. I made fun of the yell leaders when we would see them at the SEC tournament. But it's very cool when there's 120,000 people who are responding to the yell leaders and not just like, I don't know, 10 people at Bridgestone Arena. Like, it's lame there. It's cool elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I still think they're kind of like a weird cultish thing. But I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, you know, like, like it, it when, when you go see the cult in person, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is, I've never seen anything like this. This is incredible. It's like when you see like the North Korea military parades and it's like, oh man, that's impressive. 
you just put that effort towards making sure your citizens aren't starving to death and you all could really have something here. Uh, but it doesn't mean you want to be a part of it. Like you can appreciate it from afar. Right. Marvel at it, but then also just be like, oh yeah, also kind of weird. Uh, all right. There's our hour. We've got a whole nother one coming up next on big X sports radio. Uh, we do have a, a couple little basketball notes and nuggets that we'll bring up. Uh, we've got a few things that we'll get to. This is KRC on the big X, TJ Walker, oh. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Back after this. Okay. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll call. 1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Back for another hour of this radio program. You heard us mention in hour one that it is Taco Tuesday. Nobody does Taco Tuesday better than Salsaritas, the fresh Mexican grill. Check them out today. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive through St. Matthew's location right there off Hubbard's. Both equally delicious. Both will get you all hooked up and ready to go for your Taco Tuesday. Keep them in mind for your lunch or dinner plans. Fun first hour. It's a summer radio show, and there's nothing wrong with those. So if you've got anything on your mind on the Thornton sex line, send them on over 502-414-1450. Mark Soup spoke in Louisville yesterday at Churchill Downs, which is not in the south end of Louisville. Nick mm, Roush was there. Scenic and south end. So is so was the Governor's Cup trophy. It made an appearance in Louisville. Roush hasn't hadn't been in, in Louisville in a good while. Jefferson County. That was the joke Soup's made, which I appreciated that he uh, – I don't think he actually did ever say Louisville. He said it's, it feels good to be in Jefferson County. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the little quips here and there, too, they weren't really big or, you know, any, anything like that. Uh, you know, he, he pumped up the crowd. It's like, you all were here with us when we didn't have a, a lot of those big wins, but you've seen a lot of good ones lately, especially close to home. You know, there was a lot of – Stuff along the, those lines, but um, you know, when I asked him about uh, Louisville's new head coach, really making a big stink about the rivalry, he's like, "Well, we said the same thing um, on my first day here. We didn't ignore it. We didn't avoid the rivalry. It's important to win it. It is." Um, but uh, I, I liked his phrase too. He said, uh, "When I, we got here, we had miles to go. They don't. Um, they're going to be a good football team." But you know. For me, I'm more worried about the SEC gauntlet. That's that's a long way away. I don't, I'm not going to think too much about it. And, and he's right. Like for Louisville, this, it's like the second toughest team they play all year is Kentucky. Um, and for Louisville's what like sixth maybe on the in the pecking order if you look at like the power ratings. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, maybe being gen- maybe being a little generous there too. Yeah, uh, Georgia and Alabama. Ever heard of them? They're on the schedule. So Kentucky's got some bigger thing, bigger fish to fry. But I did appreciate though that uh, for this kickoff luncheon, which serves as sort of the final, uh, the final leave of fall, right? It's a, it's the final 
kind of milestone you have to overcome during talking season. Um, he used that opportunity to get a couple jabs in at Louisville, kind of relish in the rivalry success. And I just, I loved, uh, I know they, they had him out there on the, the kind of platform where NBC will do their broadcasts with the Twin Spires in the background. But like just having Cardinal Stadium looming in the background and Stoops just has people lined up to get their autograph and pick their picture with them and hundreds and hundreds of people there. They had to move it to a new spot at Churchill Downs the first turn because they had outgrown Millionaire's Row. It's like, ah, Kentucky football just taking over Louisville. You, you'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Uh, UofL, Kentucky's eighth toughest opponent, and you can make a case for ninth. Mm. Or U of L, yeah. There you go. Second, second cards. I think Vandy could beat U of L this year. Um, yeah, they could. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to like how good is AJ Swan, uh, the Vanderbilt quarterback. But yeah, they're uh, and, I, and I'll say this solid. about U of L. Like <clears throat> UK fans aren't ones to get as much preseason hype as we've gotten this year. So we're a little bit uncharted territory, but U of L has always been like a preseason darling for whatever reason. And maybe it's because they play in the ACC. Maybe it's because they've had familiar faces in college football in the last decade that, that people just kind of, when they think of Louisville, they think of those guys. I, I don't know, but they, it's, they're not as big a strangers to preseason love as Kentucky is, but I don't get what the love is this year besides just Brom. That's it. Like that. That's the that's the deepest analysis you get of anybody talking U of L, and they have a very favorable schedule. I think that, that, that's. I think that's more of it than anything. TJ is because their schedule, the ACC is pupy. Oh, it is. It is. And like I, I do think Stoops is right that the Satterfield wasn't doing an amazing job, but he also wasn't doing a terrible job. Like he was getting, and it's even better than when. Petrino left U of L because he had just totally neglected the offensive line, defensive line, really anything besides wide receivers, which he stockpiled. He left kind of the program in rougher shape, where Satterfield didn't really leave it in rougher shape. It just maybe wasn't exactly pristine, prestigious, like he thought maybe it was going to be by the time that he left it. But you don't hear analysis about like, you know what? I like Louisville to be very successful because I think this plumber kid is ready to to shine or that you know they got staples to come into the program a wide receiver and he's going to be you're not really hearing it about individual players Roush you're hearing it about mostly just this is a good head coach he's back home he's going to put up points on the scoreboard which very well could be accurate but it's not really player driven the hype around U of L this season yeah i think some of it like they don't mention them specifically, but they'll mention the the transfer portal class. I know um, our bosses at On Three have them as the number one portal class in the country, so that certainly plays a little bit of part of it. I did do a little bit of fact checking for you, TJ, and yes, like it. I was like, wait, they really are the eighth most difficult team on the schedule. Yeah, like South Carolina and Missouri are higher rated than U of L is, which is. And I don't, I don't care about ratings or rankings. I just I think if those two teams line up on a neutral field, I'm taking Missouri over Louisville, and I'm taking South Carolina over Louisville. Not that those teams couldn't lose as well. They could. I mean, it's in the margin where it could kind of go either way. But I would even put Vandy, Florida in there as well as teams that – so, like, if you really are trying to do this objectively, that's where you fall on. 
Yeah, I, um, a lot of the the Louisville hype though is just because the ACC is bad, and if we want to stick to the power ratings, uh, Miami is thirty seventh, and they are the third highest ranked ACC team outside of Florida State and Clemson. It's just the rest of the the pile is just so bad. Like Duke at fifty, Wake Forest forty five, NC State forty two. Um, I mean, it's just it's just all this big mess in the middle class where it's easy for uh, uh, if if you can have a program that gets re-energized by making the right moves, then you can go and raise some cane. Like NC State, for example, I'm probably going to sprinkle a little bit on them to win the ACC because Brennan Armstrong and Robert and I kicked all kinds of ass at Virginia two years ago. They're reuniting at NC State. And if they get right again, they could very easily be in the ACC championship game and playing Clemson. Like the, it's a it's a very formidable path for all of these teams because it's just a big stinking pile of pupi there in the middle. They're in that whole league. It's very winnable, and that's that's part of it. Some of it too is, um, you know, playing the media game. Satterfield had a lot of friends in the media. Uh, and I think a lot of it too, TJ, as you've alluded to before, you get SEC fatigue. Where uh, if I look at those power ratings, uh, uh, Missouri's thirty fifth, and they're the thirteenth ranked team in the SEC. So thirteen teams in the top thirty five. Like SEC I, just puts together better <laughs> rosters than other conferences. Yeah, they, they just put together better rosters because they get better players. The recruiting rankings showcase that. NFL draft picks showcase that it's not like I'm not trying to do an anti-rivalry thing. I I think it's just factual. Um, But that being said, again, I I think Brom is a difference maker. He's a better football mind than Satterfield. I think his players are going to want to play for him a little bit more. I I think playing at the don't call me Papa John's, the Fed cred stadium, I think it's going to mean something to him. He's going to appreciate it a little bit more. They're going to be fine. And, as Roush has said, as we've all said, their schedule's a joke, so they're really going to be fine. I yeah. just think if you're if you're looking at UK's schedule and you were doing a pecking order, and and and, and you got to add this caveat to it as well. I, I know there's Louisville fans that listen to us, and they're probably just thinking like they think South Carolina is tougher than us. They think Missouri's tougher than us. They think Vandy may like that. They, they think it's wild that we would even suggest these things, but it, I mean it's factually true. And let's make no mistake about it. Can, it, it is tougher for Kentucky to go to Starkville and win, for whatever reason, in that stadium. It is tougher for Kentucky to go down to Columbia, where Stoops has even had a good deal of success, and win at that stadium than it is to go to UofL. No, no, than it, no, than it is to go to UofL, where it's going to be a 50-50 split crowd. So, like, you know, even if you're looking oh, at yeah, it as, like, yeah. the teams are kind of even, that's a, that's a more manageable place to win in a neutral site game, it's so facto, versus – having Sandstorm playing a million times in your backyard. And I'm not saying Vandy's tough. I won't lump them into this. But there's some tough road games for Kentucky this season. Uh, I know Missouri's coming to town, which is great. But, you know, that's a tough place to sometimes win. Although Stoops has also been good at that. And Roush loves it there because they do win. Um, Which, by the way, uh, brief aside, the Missouri quarterback situation, not looking great. So... Uh, yeah, can you kind of like give me the the quick? So like they're gonna do a two quarterback thing. Yeah, yeah, it's Ooh. the it's the 
it's not the exact same as what Jim Harbaugh did last year with Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy, where he was like, you're going to start this game. Then the other one's going to start the next game. And then we're going to figure it out. Um, he drink just said, yeah, we're going to play them both and they're going to figure it out. Uh, Sam Horn has zero career collegiate, uh, completions. Uh, Brady cook was very average, 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year, 65% completion rate, but they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. Uh, a lot of it just smells like that. Neither of these guys is that good. So they're just going to kind of delay it. Uh, so he he doesn't have a quarterback. A and M's acting like Connor Wigman hasn't won the job, but I think it's pretty clear that uh, Wigman's going to be the starter. But uh, there's some gamesmanship though in Tuscaloosa and in Oxford, where Saban's Saban's probably going to roll out multiple quarterbacks. Um, and I don't know how much of it is gamesmanship because I don't think they play Texas Week One. I think it's Week Two. I got that confused. Um, but Milrose a runner. Ty Simpson's a pocket passing thrower. And then Ty Buckner from Notre Dame is supposedly a little bit of Bofa, where he's a bigger physical guy. Um, I don't know what kind of mind games he's playing. Uh, Lane Kiffin's kind of doing the same, even though we presume it'll probably be Jackson Dart. But uh, Missouri just might not have any good quarterbacks uh, by the time they come to Kruger Field in mid-October. I don't know if he's still going to have both Horn and Cook playing. I doubt he'll have both playing then. This isn't 2007. But I doubt either of them is going to be a world beater, as we've su suspected all offseason when he didn't end up landing a, a transfer portal quarterback. He tried really hard to get – trying to remember who it was. Um, I don't know if that was last year with JT Daniels, but he tried to get some portal quarterbacks, but it just didn't work out. It's going to be pumped for football season. Scooch, hit me with an unpopular IU opinion. Uh, that they should shutter the football program. Oh. <laughs> We can see that one coming. Give me a real one. <laughs> um, Taven Jackson is not going to be as good as everybody thinks, which is Trace Jackson Davis's little brother. Um, he is expected to be our quarterback. I just, I don't, I don't see him being all that good. He came from Tennessee, by the way. I had no hmm. idea that Trace Jackson Davis's little brother was a football player, yep. and he's going to start for IU. That's the scuttlebutt. There's, we've got somewhat of a quarterback competition, but I think at the end of the day, he'll be the starter. And I just don't think he's going to be as good as people think he is. They, they, they have this <laughs> irrational thought that he's going to be really good because Trace was really good at basketball, and it's like different sports, different people. So yeah, I'm just, I, I'm not a believer in Taven. Okay. All right. There's an unpopular opinion. I didn't know that that, that human even existed 30 seconds ago. <laughs> hey, now you do. Roush, what Power 5 college football teams are getting the least talked about this offseason? IU has to be up there. Like, they're right down the road from us, and I still – I mean, I see a Rick Bozich tweet every so often just basically trying to uh, rationalize IU dropping a home game against U of L, but that's about it. I don't really see much IU coverage for the football team. You get the Hoosier report here on Big X Sports Radio every morning. They've talked some IU football, but not even not even a great deal of that, to be honest with you. Uh, is there a team that's getting less publicity than Indiana? Maybe like an Oregon State. Oh, Oregon State's actually getting nationally ranked. So they're, they're, they're top not, twenty-five. Yeah, yeah they're, um, they're a big year for the Beavs. I mean, it's tough because you would think. Uh, I got one. I got yeah, one. Really, which one? Virginia. Yeah, not, no. I mean, uh, yeah, you could probably pick well, a couple ACC schools. Like, yeah, 
is Boston Virginia. College playing football this year? The only the only reason why I know Virginia is because Luckett's on the under for their season win total, and things are going to get really bad there. Uh, well, their season win right total is three and a half. So yeah, that might be that might be oh, the only one. Yeah, he's on the under at three and a half. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, too, is like you you don't want – I think the reason why people are ignoring it is because, I mean, they had two kids on their team murdered. So, like, they, they went through a lot, and you don't want to kind of kick them while they're down. But that there's just a lot of red flags around that program. The biggest thing is just, like, never hire a former – like, Brent Venables, he's the last hope that Dabo's assistants have to be successful because almost all of them have been a disaster elsewhere. And Tony Elliott looks like he's going to be the next one. Uh, Chad Morris was terrible at Arkansas, um, and then SMU, or no, he was good at SMU, uh, briefly. That's what got him to Clemson, I think. But, uh, he was horrible at Arkansas. And then Jeff Scott at USF, I think he won three games in three years. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been good for former Dabo guys. Uh, you hate to, you hate to see that with Dabo. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Vonamir. Ivacic will wear number 44 for Kentucky next season. The Croatian sensations number has been announced on the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram page. Roush, at number 44. I, I, I see a lot of similarities between the Croatian sensation and Chuck Hayes. So this works out well. Yeah. Um, so many similarities. Um, they both look like Keldon Johnson's dad. <laughs> I couldn't think of of maybe two quote unquote centers that maybe would be more uh, different than the Croatian sensation and, and Chuck Hayes. One is a ginormous human being. One was incredibly undersized. Uh, one was one's from Croatia. The other one's from what Modesto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people do say is the Croatia of California. So maybe maybe they're closer than people think. But uh, what uh, is is Modesto? Is that I always associated that with not L.A. But isn't it like in between L.A. and like central Northern California? Let's do a little googling, shall we? Admittedly, have no clue. Wish I could even just because I I like that we had a couple of California kids. We had Tayshon from Compton, and then right after that, you had Chuck Hayes from Modesto. Um. Which, uh, th- you know, you're, yeah, special. I was right. Modesto is right outside of San Jose. So yeah, it wasn't an LA suburb. Yeah. You know, you're a UK legend when people like remember where you're from, just based on your starting lineup introduction. Yeah. From Modesto, California, number 44. Okay. One, one of my favorite, one of my favorite cats of all time. Maybe I'm definitely in the top three. Chuck Hayes. He is the man. We love them. Let's name some other 44s in UK basketball history. I just wanted to do the Orlando Toby Smith. <laughs> that was a great intro. Too. That was another great and one, it, too. And I'm uh, the sixth man of stream. the Wildcats, the eruption zone, and then the cool streamer shoot up. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, it's crazy that so many 44s are escaping me. McGore was 42. This He's would be. 40. This will only be Cal's second 44. That Was the other one a walk-on or something, too? I can't remember another one. No, the other one was a really good player. Really? He only wore this number, I think, for... Well, I think he was only at UK for... No, he was at UK for two seasons. 
Uh, it wasn't the real T. Jones. Um, man, I'm struggling. Reed Travis wasn't 44. Dakari uh, Johnson. Oh, man, yeah. Dakari Johnson. Solid player. Solid another, player. Another 44. Dan Issel. Ever heard yeah. of him? He's pretty good. Pretty good at the whole game of hoops. So Chuck Hayes, could... Chuck Hayes and Dakari Johnson, they're the only two to wear it since 93-94. Crazy. Who wore it in 93-94? Uh, Gamel... Famous parody Twitter account. Gamel... Um, hold up, hold up. Jamel Martinez. Yeah, yeah. Jamel yeah. Martinez, correct. Is that Twitter was... account still rocking and rolling? Uh, I don't know. Um... It went super liberal, and I think they blocked me. Oh. Cotton Nash oh, yeah. also wore 44. Cotton Nash, like UK legend as well. Thank you, Scoots. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's some 44s, Croatian sensation joining some great company. And hopefully we'll we'll do that number proud. But yeah, I, older UK fans probably shaking their head, but I, I'll always think of Chuck Hayes when I think of 44. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Although yep. did Dennis will have another number too? I'm mistaken. Yeah. Well, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Let's get to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Oh, a Hudak Cats fan says, love Croatian sensation being number four, the new Dan Issel. There you go. Now that's yeah. a much better comparison. Yeah, yeah. They're both, Big they're both guy white. can shoot it. Yeah. No, well, they're both white. <laughs> oh, man. A texter says, late to the subject here, but I, too, have a wife that stayed with me with me after the Wisconsin loss. She still makes fun of me for how I acted, and I still believe all the antics were completely appropriate. I couldn't eat the next day. Talking through this now is bringing up more emotions. Well, I guess I'll fast today. The next day was Easter. And- yeah, it was awful. My mother just like completely shamed me for skipping church and showing up to like our Easter party, and then like all the Brahms just made fun of me and were like, "Oh, so how was that? Uh, oh how was that game yesterday? It was. It was just. It was hell." Oh, uh, we, we, we had a hotel in Lexington that night and we were going to go to the championship game on Monday. Oh gosh. I can't believe we're reliving this. My wife still should make fun of me for the way I acted that, that evening after that game. But I just remember like getting the hotel. I think I accidentally like maybe was had a, a little too much to drink that night and maybe started to urinate in the wrong corner of the hotel room. Uh, everybody's done that a time or two. We've all been there. You know, the old the old waking up, just not really knowing where you are. I didn't wet the bed, though, so that's good. I think I did almost wet one of my friends accidentally, but um, that was not good. I just wanted to go home. The wife was like, well, at that time, the girlfriend, she was like, no, we're, there's no chance, but we'll get up early. We'll go. And then we had brunch in the morning. I did not make it to church, unfortunately. But we had brunch, but it was my grandma's last like we thought it may be her last easter and it ended up being so it was like we got to go you know we let's we gotta be a lot of family there and we went i was i don't think i've ever been more miserable just like physically mentally you name it i was in a bad spot and like i'm just basically having like my head down walking everywhere i'm in the brunch line with my head down and i look up and across the brunch line is my brother and he has the exact same face that I have, like to a T, like I can tell that he's hung over. I can tell that mentally he's not in a good spot. And I can tell physically he'd rather be just about anywhere else, but more importantly, a bed than he would be at this brunch line. 
And, you know, there, it gave me a little comfort. Like, okay, I'm not alone. Other UK yeah. fans are hurting. Uh, this was just a miserable, miserable Saturday night. And the shame, the shame is the weather was so great that weekend. That Saturday was Oh, man. Beautiful. It was a Keeneland tailgate. It was yep. just And it got chilly at night, day. actually. And then that yep. Sunday, that Easter Sunday, was just perfect weather as well. And it should have been a perfect three days. The Cats should have finished out a 40-0 season. Hmm. And we knew. Yeah, like, no. I think that's why everybody acted. Texter on the Thornton's text line. I think that's the way everybody acted. The way that they acted was because it was just like we're probably not getting back there. Like we're we're probably not going to in our lifetime be thirty eight and zero again with a Final Four just three hours away from our campus, with freaking Duke potentially waiting for. And we knew that Duke was waiting for us. So like to get yeah, to it would have been to get to forty and zero to be Duke would have been just like. BK uh, for I would have title. exploded, exploded inside. There would have been nothing. I, I, I could have, I would have died, died happy. And a hot take I have is I, I think, you know, it's easy to say this. I, I think they could have UCLA Duke. I think they could have Kansas as Duke. No, not 41 to seven, but I think if they would have been in that national championship game, just with kind of the drama between those two teams, there was some bad blood between like Tyus Jones and Tyler Ulis and Okafor and Towns and some of those guys. I think it. I think part of the reason they lost Wisconsin. I think if UK Wisconsin's the first game in fifteen, they probably win. But it was the second game. They knew Duke was waiting for them. I think that could have potentially gotten into their head. Wisconsin was really good. Make no mistake about it. Like they did, you know, they did enough to to put themselves in a position to win. And a very friendly missed shot clock violation certainly helped as well. But it was just that stunk. Uh, that stunk. I, the the word, and the thing is, is hindsight's only made it worse. Um, especially the more that I've heard from that game, the more I'm just like, well, they blew it. There's no way around it. They blew it. They just blew it. And um, and when I say they, I mean mostly Cal blew it. Like that's, um, yeah, I just can't. It's 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 tough. It's tough. Uh, why are we doing this to ourselves? Should we? I'll say, I'll say this though. Break? I'll say this though. Like Cal couldn't. You, you you know. The offense just started to stall. Maybe it was Cal's fault, but like, you know, do something, Andrew Harrison. Do do something good. Don't just dribble around. Maybe that was Cal. Maybe it was all Cal. That being said, though, I don't think that like you put in Ulysses and Booker and it means you win that game instantly. If they had played those two more throughout the season, maybe. But Booker was getting torched on defense. So I don't think he would have been the answer. And maybe Eula should have played more. But hindsight, I mean, you're 38 0. You were doing some things right to get yourself to that point. But yeah, it was a choke job. No doubt about it, Roush. It was a bummer. A texter says this is our, our golf texter. He will mm -hmm. always correct us on golf things. Um, and I, I appreciate that. Europe will not be heavy favorites. US, I don't know if we said heavy, but USA will definitely be favored. Also, Spieth, Cam Young, Ricky, Morikawa, and probably Brooks are locks to be picked. JT probably gets the final spot over Keegan, Burns, Glover, and Tony Finau. I, I, I don't, I'm still not 100% sure that Europe won't be favorites. If we said heavy favorites, that probably was inaccurate. But I'm not so sure, and I definitely think Europe's going to have a pretty good chance to win. I, I almost would take Europe's top six, but I think United States, as they often do, I think should have a lot more depth, but it's going to be a fascinating Ryder Cup, and I'm not going to be nearly as confident as I was just a couple of years ago. Um, I Also, I, I don't know why Justin Thomas would get the final spot over some of those other guys. 
he's been very open about how terrible golf he's playing. And I know he seemed to make a little bit of a recovery there late in the season, but I don't I don't know why. I feel like Lucas, I mean, Lucas Glover just won back-to-back. Wouldn't you rather go with the guy that's hot versus a, a name that has played well in the past but is just coming off of the worst year of his career? Did you all see the stat on Lucas Glover with his money? No, tell me, no. tell me. He had won, like, prior to those two wins, he had won, like, $5.2 million in his career, and then in a span of eight days, he won, like, $4.6 million. Pretty awesome. Pretty yeah. awesome. I, I should have gotten into professional golf. No kidding. Not nearly as are much more lucrative than the radio business. So. Um, speaking of radio business, we need to do some radio business. We need to pay some bills. So I'm going to tell you about Shady Rays, the best sunglasses on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Polarized shades at an affordable price. They're not going to break the bank, and you're going to look good doing it too. Gear up. Before college football season, we got a nooner to open the year against Ball State. You don't want to be stuck squinting at the sun. No. Go to ShadyRays.com, put in promo code Big X, get 25% off at checkout, or just visit them in person. They got a nice store uh, here in Louisville at the Oxmoor Center. Very convenient. So check out Shady Rays today, promo code Big X for 25% off at checkout. Um, we need to get to a final commercial break, but TJ, I've got I've got a fun deal for Memphis Tiger football fans that it's very appealing and I want to see it catch on around college football. We will talk about that as well. Uh, Also, I just want to know who the train seal is that put the EKU-UK game at 3 p.m. on September 9th. What are we thinking? Uh, What about a little common sense, folks? Uh, But Roush has a – this Memphis thing is neat. You're going to see stuff like this throughout sports moving forward. We'll tell you about it. We'll finish up the Thornton's text line. This is KRC on the Big Up. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hit us up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And remember, Refresher and Rewards members save money at Thornton's at the pump each and every time they go. We should hit the Thornton's text line because we've got uh, plenty to get to before we end today's show. Where are we at, Roush? Well, I did just want to mention, though, uh, this this ticket promotion that Memphis is doing. If yeah. you buy a $60 ticket versus their offer opener against uh, HBCU Bethune-Cookman, and they win, you get a free ticket to the next home game. And if they keep winning, that free ticket's just going to keep on rolling over. So they start the season against Bethune-Cookman, followed by Navy. Okay, you can beat a triple option team. Um, Boise State, still going to be alive against the Broncos. They, They could, in theory, make it all the way to Tulane, who... 
last year won the American Conference and was in beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. So you could buy a free ticket to the opening week game and somehow walk your way or buy one ticket and walk your way into three home games for free. Now, that's why they're doing that, right? Because they want to fill the stadium against Tulane. But if you don't, like, say you get your free ticket for the second game, Roush, and you can't make it and you don't go, does that continue to roll over? I think they just roll over, like, with your account because most tickets are online. I think they would just roll over if they kept winning. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, But ultimately, you would think it's ultimately you think it's because they want to get the stadium packed against Tulane. No, I think it's just. They so want to just have the impact for the other games. Yes. <laughs> but if they're you're, all you're free. You're more likely to show up to Navy and Boise State if you got a free ticket. Yeah, but right? if they're all free tickets, I mean, how much money is the, are they going to actually make, you know? I mean, it's a great well, promotion. I love it. Like, if you're, if you're a Memphis fan, I would imagine most Memphis fans, the majority of, the, of their season tickets, $60 for Bethune-Cookman is a ripoff. Oh, yeah. However... You get two tickets to you get a ticket to Bethune Cookman and Navy thirty dollars for two games. Well, that makes a little bit more sense. Then they win again. You're going to that Boise State game and you've paid, you know, for you've gotten three tickets for twenty dollars a pop. That's a really good deal. However, from a Memphis standpoint, they're looking at it as well. We we're probably going for most Memphis fans. We were probably going to get zero dollars for for Bethune Cookman. People probably weren't going to show up for that game. For Navy, maybe we were going to have a different. You know, we were going to have a better crowd than the opener, but also probably wasn't going to be a ton of people. This is just getting money that you weren't going to probably get any other way. That makes sense when you put it that way. It's it's a it's a smart move just to try to get more butts and seats and some ticket money without knowing you know maybe Memphis doesn't make out as good as they could. Maybe they'll make off maybe they'll lose their first game and be like sweet. We just stole $60 from a lot of people that weren't anticipating us losing this game. I love the idea though, Roush, and it brings me back to like when you see empty stadiums and Kentucky, we we've been in that before a lot of the end of our college experience was too much of an empty stadium Roush. And I just think to myself and, and same with Louisville more recently, just like, why aren't these ADs doing everything in their power to try to get people to go to these games? And at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do and you can't take a bath on football games. But if I had a bad team, I would be getting so creative how to try to find ways to get a little bit of money into the program, but more importantly, get butts in the seats to try to help rejuvenate the program. I'd be doing concession discounts. I'd be doing any sort of beer specials that legally you could get away with. I'd be doing anything I can to try to get that place a little bit more full. I'll tip my cap to the folks at Memphis. This is a fun idea, and I think you're going to see more creative ideas like this moving forward. Yeah, and I I think this is the way to go about it too, because you're making more money off of concessions than you will off of the the, the price to get in, mm-hmm. right? If you get more people in, um, you you can easily make that up. Um, you know, going to grab an eight dollar beer or a coke or whatever it might be. Um, and it's also like the it's a it's kind of I don't want to say it's a big year for Memphis, but like that that league's going to look different this year. So you want to. You want to make sure you got butts in the seats, and if you can get some butts in the seats early on, they're more likely to return later on in the year. Like, I mean, you know, you don't need to do that for Kentucky football right now. They sold out of season tickets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. 
because um, that was kind of a Friday afternoon deal. But these early games, like if you get them started, you get them hooked. It's easier to sell later on in the season. It's just it's just how how it works. You get that that itch. You have a lot of fun, and then you want us to go see him play the good teams. It's it's a great strategy. Great strategy by the folks at Memphis. Yeah, it is. It's again creative way to try to get butts in the seats. And those two games to start the season, I can't imagine Memphis fans were over the moon excited to go check them out. My understanding of the Memphis athletic program, but especially football, since football's the money makers, is they're in a tough spot right now. Like the morale is low, Roush, because. They just feel like they're they they've missed their windows to jump to a bigger conference to a better conference, and now they kind of seem like they're stuck in the upside down of the AAC or what conference is this? Yes, even American. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, people people forget conferences nowadays. Did uh, <laughs> un- unrelated before we get to the text line? Did you see uh, the medals the U.S. is bringing home? And when I say the U.S., I mean the University of Kentucky. Uh. Daniel Roberts got third in the track world champions. He got bronze. But the coolest one, I'm not one that gets hyped up on track and field races, but they had a mixed relay. So that means you have a couple guys and a couple girls uh, doing a 4 by 400 relay. And Alexis Holmes, UK grad, she, she stalked down the Swedish runner who like ate it right as Alexis Holmes is passing her at the finish line to break a world record and give the team USA gold. I don't care who you are. That was, that was a really cool race. Like I, I'm not a big track person. Uh, it just, it doesn't, doesn't get me fired up, but I felt like we had to mention the girl storming back at, so much so that, uh, the speed had to blame like, or no, she's from Netherlands. She blamed cramps for falling down at the end when really, she just got a little scared at the finish line and fell down. It was it was pretty awesome. Have you tweeted this out? I'd like to see it. Uh, I can send it to you. Uh, yes. it, th- this one happened over the weekend. There was some really cool uh, pictures of the uh, like the girl falling down and Holmes being like airborne while um, her name was like uh, Bull too. Um, so like, ah, oh, just so great. What an so idiot. Great to see. Oh, man. What an idiot. And she didn't even <laughs> secure second place. I know, right? What a joke. Well, now I got to check, check it out. <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. I sent the link on the text on uh, that'll, that'll have the, the race replay. Uh, I, didn't, actually, I, didn't, I didn't need the on three link. I could have just used the Twitter link. But uh, take well, your I mean, click. I was, I was on take the... Your click. Uh, take your click. Okay. TJ, yeah. just search Alexis Holmes on the X. Yeah, on the, on the big X. Which, by the way, no. I'm just—it's gonna take forever for me to get you, like, because like, sometimes it says X.com, other other times it says Twitter.com. Um, just still throwing me off on all this. Everybody's still calling the tweets; they're not X's. But gosh, just watching her so close, and then just uh, uh, we need sound effects on her just eating, wiping out at, near the finish line. This isn't—is <sighs> is this—is this race? Paralympics related or no no it's just the yeah yeah world uh, championships so UK all the way a city of Glockland if you're wondering she was injured that's why she was not uh, participating in any of these events that's 
<laughs> That's tough. <sighs> also hilarious. Oh you my god! Say why'd why'd she fall down? She said it was cramps. I think she was just feeling the heat from the U.S. of A. It looked like she like almost tried to like lean into the finish line early, like way too early, and, and just completely lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. That was worth it. Well done, Rush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get back to the text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Brad from Bellbrook here. The Cleveland Browns have three All Pros in their offensive line are consistently one of the best units in the NFL. Yet they still have to take Miles Garrett out during portions of eleven on eleven drills because he's unblockable and doesn't allow the offense to make any progress. The Deion Walker stuff isn't necessarily an indictment on the offensive line struggling. It's more of an indictment on truly how dominant Walker is. That's a great point, uh, Brad. Like some guys are just difference makers, and you can't you can't get a good look with him on the field. Um, you just can't. Yeah, and uh, Roush, I think you kind of alluded that was your sentiment yesterday. That this is this is not totally uncommon. Doesn't mean the end of the world with the offensive line. This is, and I, I'm I'm cool with that. I'll buy into it. If the offensive line totally and completely stinks, then I'm going to say, wait a minute. But I, I I agree that this can be the case in certain situations. That you just have a defender that's a little too disruptive for a practice where you're trying to get things done. Yeah, trying to get a good look, as they, they would say. Um, one texter says, Dishambu isn't getting a pick to the Ryder Cup after suing the PGA Tour and the players. Brooks wasn't a part of that lawsuit. Yeah, I don't Well, you, people forget that Brooks wasn't part of that lawsuit, but um, they're all they're all together now. It's, it's one golf. It's one world golf. They're all friends. The lawsuit's gone. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they're. Very everybody, the, everybody's the best happy. of friends. Everybody's even happy. though nobody knows still nobody knows what um here here's an unpopular opinion, Roush. Here, here's a hot take. As a St. X Tiger, I'm saying Bryson DeChambeau deserves to be on the Ryder Cup team this year more than Justin Thomas does. Oh, I don't wow. even think that's I don't even think that's a hot take or debatable. And I love Justin Thomas. And if he's on it, I'm gonna be rooting for him in a big way. But you just can't put golfers that have had bad years on a Ryder cup team. Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. You should have like, it should be a meritocracy. Uh, this to, is too to big. Agree. Like even if he just had a mediocre average year, then you'd be like, all right, his experience, his chemistry with speed. He's a good locker room guy. Let's get him there. He had a horrible year. He's not yep. making my top 10 Kentucky sports figures of the year this year. Roush, you bet on that. He's normally a staple in that bad boy, but not this year. <laughs> Is he unless maybe maybe that he'll get Ryder Cup redemption? Maybe he'll go out there and score four points for us or something. Oh. We'll see though. I'd go Deschambeau over him, and it kills me to say that. Why is the grass at Big X taller than Mount Everest? The building itself also looks pretty depressing. Well, uh, is there even grass? Another on day that the grass at Mount Everest. I don't think so. But Got... I mean, do you do you expect anything less, Texer? We couldn't do the show the other day because the microphones didn't work. We have to have a place. Have to have a place for the cats to hide. That's why. Well, the snakes hide. By the, the way, by the way, we had some cat drama yesterday. The uh, the gray one and the orange one teamed up against one of the black ones. It was wild. I I stayed after our show for probably five ten minutes watching them in the parking lot hiss at each other and chase each other down. It was awesome. I thought as a society <laughs> we were past this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cat drama. It'll happen. 
We have a ton of cats at the studio, folks. Yeah. A, a, a good deal of Southern Indiana's cats mm-hmm. call that place home. And yeah, and the grass gets a little tall from time to time. Big whoop. How on earth is Jamal Baker still Jamal still playing collegiate basketball? It's a fair question, but he is. He'll be at New Mexico this year. What? Yeah. Uh I mean, I'm not New Mexico. Now State. I'm not even Ron Burgundy. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. I'm impressed too. Keep balling out, buddy. Keep balling out. Buses getting kids home by 748. Is that still unacceptable time for JCPS? I saw that uh, they hired some military transportation workers to as a short-term solution for their problems. Wait, is that time I, accurate? The last kid got home at 748? That is 100% yes. accurate. Wow. Good job, JCPS. Good job. The two-hour difference. Nicely done. I still think that's unacceptable. I do too. But, but at least Scoots is right. Like at least it's a huge improvement. Where is it? Where's that time going to be in a week? Because if it's still, you know, if it's still that time in a week, then you're going to have to figure something else out. You're going to have to make some other plans, switch some things around. But you do need to like allow their system to get redefined, shake the rust off of it, if you will. Like you gotta, you gotta let them kind of get comfortable in a system. But yeah, seven forty-eight is still entirely too late. I mean, we eat dinner at like six o'clock sharp. I can't right. imagine that. Like you know, seven forty-eight. Those that's that's too late. But let's allow it a little time. They, they've they've made some changes. They've added some more resources, and hopefully they can get it figured out. But yesterday was the first day of everybody. Although it was weird. I thought the roads were like quietly more empty. Like, does Ballard get out later now or something? Because around 4 o'clock, that was a ghost town, and that place usually well, isn't a ghost town around then. I mean, they get out at like 2.20 or something. Okay. Is yeah. that earlier than normal? Uh, maybe 5 or 10 minutes. I don't – but no. They're, they're all the high – I believe most high schools are very early. It, it was uh, weird. It was weird. Like, yeah, you're right that normally I'll start seeing kids walk in and stuff around like 2.30, but there'll be car traffic just between school, rush hour, this, that, the other. I mean, well, you know, well past 5.30 from basically from like 3.30 to 5.30. That whole area starts to get more crowded. And they're building a stupid VA hospital, and they're going to redo that Thornton's, which is going to be amazing, but it's just going to be traffic city over there near Northfield and Ballard and stuff for the foreseeable future, which is a bummer for people that don't like sitting in their car doing nothing. Another texter says, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party. I love Grove Street as UK's walkout zone. I think the rest of the BBN agrees. If y'all had to change the song for the cats walking out of the tunnel, what would you choose to fire up the crow? Thanks, South Georgia Wildcat. I, I mean, you can't. It's the thing now. It became a thing. It was organic. It was great. And I, I'm just happy that I'm happy that something happened that wasn't like a forced like uh, really like all of the sort of forced traditions the only one that i like is the cold toot whistle most of them just don't land don't stick don't work the cold whistle works that's about it um it's a party with something that happened just because guys got really wild before kickoff and a big win over south carolina yeah, yeah, no, that I, I totally couldn't say it any better myself. The third down claw thing, that just never really worked out. But the coal whistle, I think, you know, people had to get used to it. But I think people are now. It's fun. It's just fun to hoot and holler with that coal whistle. 
if you're at the game. And you're right, grocery party happened organically, so I'm happy it's there. If not for that, though, I think a good one would be What's Up by the Four Non Blondes. So there's your answer, South don't, Georgia Wildcats. Don't, don't know that. That's all. You have to listen to it after the show. Can we listen to it on the show? Or is it too inappropriate? Yeah, it's appropriate. Okay. I mean, there's. I think there is like a cuss word, but okay. that's appropriate. Song. Maybe I'll play it tomorrow. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> that song. That's. And I say, yeah. yeah that oh, I, yeah. Whenever they're doing a replay review, maybe I won't yeah, play that. Si- you get sixty. No, I mean when they come out. And you're right for like a replay review that would maybe make more sense. But I want sixty-five thousand people singing that song at the top of their lungs as the cats come out of the tunnel. <laughs> Other team would probably wet their diapers. Scotty's is the restaurant I enjoyed in the early 2000s. Scooch, where would you rank it in your Bloomington tourism guides? Ooh, sorry. Scotty's. Sorry, Texter. Scotty's does not make my top 10. Whoa. Wow. That didn't even make the top 10. Kirby says, talking about it on Twitter, but have you all turned your phones off during a game because you couldn't watch it live just so you could watch it later on that night fresh? Last time I remember that was the JoJo Bud Dupree Chrome Dome South Carolina game. We had to miss for a wedding. Absolutely. Electric in my brother's living room at 1 a.m. Wow, Kirby, that's a wild move. Uh, I had to cover the Heat Pelicans game at the KFC Yum Center. I saw Fred Calgill nearly get beat up by a New Orleans Pelicans radio guy. Uh, so I could not be at that game. Otherwise, I would have been covering it. But I was keeping up with that one live. I've done it before, Kirby, but never for a big game. Don't think I've ever done it. Um, Can't do it for a big game. Yeah. Um, he also said, Scoots, how many Southern Indians? Wait, we, we already that used that one. Yeah. Sorry about that. John here. Good morning to all. Hey, do you know whatever happened to the dancing man at Kentucky basketball games? If he fell with an individual coming in the rail, he stopped dancing. So we're... Is he now? Does he still dance? Uh, he's still at the games. They just quit playing Moni Moni. So, like, they just took away his cue. So, yeah, that's they, how they, they, that's they supposedly how they asked him. him, like, we can't do this anymore. When you go pick up just a stranger and then you fall with them. Like, we, we're a little too lost in the sauce that is Moni Moni, which is a jam. Like, we're all there. But I think the crossing of the line is when you pick up a stranger, a kid, and then you, you proceed to drop them while lost in the sauce of Moni Moni. Um, that guy just seems like a big cats fan that likes to dance, but yeah, probably maybe best not to encourage him. Uh, hey, John, thanks for the shout out on your YouTube video. John hit the hit a, a little par three course, gave Kentucky roll call a shout out. So that was nice of you to do. Uh, Texter says, I know Brandon Knight got us there, but my hot take is that he cost us a title in 2011 when we needed him the most versus UConn. He was a no call, no show. But you're not there without him. Yeah, yeah. In 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 fairness, like that was kind of Brandon Knight's mo. I mean, the Princeton game, he didn't do anything until he scored that last bucket. Like, there were some days he just was a no-show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that definitely that definitely happened. Uh, I also thought that, like, DeAndre Liggins was going to was gonna be on Kimball Walker a little bit more and uh, wasn't as good. But it was a really low-scoring game. So we, we won't hold that against my good friend DeAndre Liggins. All right, that's our show. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We did not finish the text line, but we will definitely do it tomorrow. Only one more. we only missed one. One. Yeah, we only missed one. Do we miss the Jerry Tipton, the not Jerry Tipton account? Yes, and I'm uh, RIP, and I missed the real Mm -hmm. Jerry Tipton. Um, Not RIP, he's still alive, although he did take a picture of himself looking like he was at a memorial of himself, but I think it was a Hall of Fame induction, and he deserves it. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll see you on Wednesday. We did finish the Thornton's text line. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, go.